Kia ora everybody and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Tourism Chat Show. I'm Michelle and today we're doing things a little bit differently. Yes, that's right, you've just got me today. So what we're going to do is do a bit of a refresher for everybody out there on how to work with trade. Now, why are we doing this? Well, we've had a few people ask some questions as we've been talking about getting trade ready and export ready through the trends episodes that we've done so far. So I thought, well, why not? We'll make an episode out of it. We have done an episode in the past with Kerry from Southern Discoveries. So if you'd like to go back, have a listen to that as well. And hopefully there won't be too much double up, but you know, at the end of the day, we're still working with our trade partners. So we are going to just get right into it and hopefully you'll all learn something. So why work with trade? The first question we ask ourselves is, are you export ready? Now, I've put together a checklist that I'm going to put the link into the episode notes and feel free to go to my website and download this so you can check all of the boxes off to see if you are export ready. Now, some of the things that we cover off on that checklist, travel distribution systems, how are you going to work together? Do you understand your pricing and net rates? Do you know the markets that you want to operate in? Are you cooperating with other businesses and organizations? Do you have the admin capability and resources? And this is a really important one and something that's coming through very strongly in all the feedback that we're getting at the moment. And finally, what marketing collateral do you have? Is it culturally sensitive? Is it up to date? And is it informative for trade partners? Because when you're dealing with trade marketing collateral, it does need to be a little bit different to what you put out for the general consumer and direct to the public. Radio. So why work with trade? Well, I pulled out some stats from the New Zealand priority markets. And now this goes back to 2019. So obviously there's been a little event in the middle of all of this, which it will have disrupted some of it. But from what I'm hearing, there's not too much of a change. So if we have a look at Australia, we have one and a half million visitors from Australia per year. 49% of them book through a travel agent. If you look at countries like India, it's a much smaller visitor base, but 90% book through a travel agent come to New Zealand. You've got the USA, 68% of the 360 odd thousand visitors come through a travel agent, 60% of the Chinese visitors and 75% of the UK visitors. So if they're markets that you're wanting to play in, well, there's a really good reason why you should work with trade, because obviously if you can capture that percentage of the business before you even get to your season, well, obviously that's going to set you up for a great season ahead. There are some pretty big challenges in attracting international guests if you decide to go down the route of not working with trade. And some of the things that you're going to face are visitors may have limited knowledge of New Zealand and the region that you work in. There are some regions that we know are better known in the international markets than others here in New Zealand. So if you're in one of those smaller regions, it's going to be challenging to get your message across. 
If you think about marketing costs to try and get into some of those markets as well, they're potentially higher. Now, online's about the same. If you're just doing an online strategy, you do have potentially some translation costs to go with that. But if you're wanting to do something on a, a bit of a mass scale, obviously, you can take a, an ad out in a visitor guide here. You can take local paper news advertising in, in your region. If you wanted to do that in some of the international papers, well, that's going to be a lot higher budget than what you're currently spending here. So it does generally cost a lot more to try and get to those international visitors. Visitors also have varied itineraries and lengths of stay. So where the travel agents and the wholesale distribution comes in is that they can start to influence where these travelers are spending their time. So they'll say, hey, look, I know that there is a huge amount of activities and experiences that you'll want to offer in Queenstown as an example and so they'll generally lengthen the stay there whereas another town down the road might not get any more than one night if that it might just be a stopover for lunch or something so yeah we can start to influence when we're working with the travel trade we can start to have those influences over how consumers and travelers are experiencing New Zealand when they're here. We talked about the translation costs for marketing well obviously we do have language and cultural differences with some of our markets and so when we're working with the international travel trade they're the ones that are basically translating all of the information that we give them and putting it into language and um, giving it meaning that makes sense in the market in which they're operating. Now entering international markets is a long-term investment and we say this even working with trade the ROI does take longer and the reason for that is mainly around the booking patterns that people have when they're planning their travel. So if you're talking and you're just starting to establish a relationship now with the inbound channels or an overseas wholesaler just think that the business that's coming through their doors now is a lot of it is for the 24-25 season and sometimes even further out than that so there's not always an immediate return on investment for you for working with trade however it does pay off once you get in there and we'll talk about that a little bit later on all of the markets vary considerably so if you are working across multiple markets you'll find that distribution within each market is slightly different there are different players you've got different relationships that you need to build and just the way that they do business is sometimes quite different as well so some of the benefits now of working with the international travel trade well I put it down to three things. There's knowledge, marketing and planning. Now knowledge, they help spread news of your product. They provide training and updates to their customers. They can package your product with others to make an itinerary make sense. They understand those cultural requirements and the inbound operators know each country's distribution. So they have all of that knowledge wrapped into their business that will help you and you basically are tapping into a whole new marketing collective if you like or a, a marketing agency through all of the knowledge that the inbound operators have. 
From a marketing perspective, they have the connections with offshore markets. They conduct in-market visits and updates. A lot of them are taking operators offshore now and running roadshows as well. The inbound operators attend major international trade shows and secure brochure space in travel brochures. So they will be saying, hey, look, we're looking after your New Zealand travel. Can we have... 30 pages in the next brochure that you print and then they will work with the agent in terms of what product goes into those brochures but their inbound operators whole objective is to sell New Zealand a lot of the inbound operators do have arms in Australia some of them look after the Pacific Islands but essentially their teams are selling New Zealand 100% of the time so they are real experts at all of the different experiences accommodation types and products that we have available right throughout the country and then from a planning perspective as I mentioned the bookings are made well in advance it is business year-round And some markets do tend to travel in different seasons throughout the year. But generally speaking, there are people coming into the country all year round. And the other thing that's really handy is that the internationals travel during the week. So you don't end up with what we have a lot with the domestic market is we're really busy on the weekends and then it dies midweek. Well, internationals travel all year round. So all of that sort of stuff helps balance out your portfolio, helps balance out your cash flow and helps balance out your resources, not just from a weekly perspective, but from an annual perspective if you get this right. The travel distribution system. Now, when we talk about this, there's kind of four different parts that we chat about. And the first one is the inbound operator. The inbound operator provides the link between New Zealand tourism operators and the overseas travel distributors that buy the products. So these travel distributors are quite often wholesalers who are generally located in the consumer's country of origin and they supply touring options on a B2B level. So the inbound operator works with the wholesaler. The wholesaler is then quite often working with a retailer who sells the tours and travel directly to the consumer. And generally speaking, if you think about our travel agencies here in New Zealand, they are generally focused on outbound travel. So they'll be sitting in a London high street thinking about where in the world they can send their guests and they will have a wholesaler that specializes in Australia and New Zealand or maybe just New Zealand that wholesaler will have a preferred inbound operator based in New Zealand and that's how it gets to you so there's a few little steps on the ladder and from the consumer to get through to you as the New Zealand supplier And then we've got these other ones that have popped up and not in recent times, it's been quite a while now, but the online travel agents. So the online travel agents don't have a retail shop front. They sell direct to the consumer online. And you will see this when you go onto Google and you're searching for things to do. Quite often now, the ads at the top are the online travel agents. So they are pumping a lot of marketing dollars into getting to the consumer directly. Sometimes you could argue in competition with yourself, but a lot of them now will 
agree not to bid on your keywords. So something to keep in mind when you're thinking about who you're going to give rates with and who you'd like to work with. So let's focus on inbound operators. And this is what I say when people say, where do I start? Like this all sounds really confusing, Michelle. What do I do next? Well, for me, I always say start with the inbound operators because A, they're here in New Zealand. So it's really easy to get in contact with them. It's really easy to go and see them and build those relationships. And of course, provide training to their teams because they need to know what they're selling. There's no point just getting loaded into a system because it will just sit there with thousands and thousands of other products and they don't even know to, to look for it. So you need to be able to get that cut through with the reservations team. But the inbound operators are one-stop shops for all New Zealand tourism product. And that's everything from providing transfers from the airport and welcome on arrival. It's internal flights, it's ferry crossings, it's rental cars, it's accommodation, it's all of the activities and attractions. It could be some meals and special occasion dinners. And sometimes it's even things like a bottle of wine for a birthday or a gift box or something like that that special happens along the way. And then, of course, they're providing the 24-7 support for the international agent that has sent these people to New Zealand. So if something goes wrong and they get sick or they miss the boat or they get held up somewhere or the weather's no good or their tour's cancelled, the inbound operators then become that first point of call for the traveller to say, hey, help me, I need some help, can you sort this out for me? The inbound operators produce annual tariffs. So when you supply their them with your pricing and the reason why they want your pricing up front is so they can say to their agents here's all the pricing that we've got for next year and this is quite often now in an online version thank goodness back when I was in inbound it was still on paper and it was hundreds of pages of paper so it's much easier now with the connectivity through systems but you still want to have that cutoff point where you can say 95% of our pricing is confirmed for the next season so that is why you need to be really ahead of the game and have your pricing set in time for those requests. I mentioned before, they're securing space for New Zealand product and travel brochures. They provide one point of payment for the wholesalers. So you can think about a New Zealand itinerary. And if you're thinking about an average two-week itinerary, there might be something like 50 different operators included in that itinerary when you take into consideration transport, accommodation and activities. So what happens is that the wholesaler only has to pay the inbound operator and the inbound operator then spits out the 50 payments to the, the operators that are included in that itinerary. And for you, it obviously makes it a lot easier as well because they're paying in New Zealand dollars, they're here, you don't have to worry about those international transfers and hey, look, if they're a little bit late with their payments, which doesn't happen too often with our wonderful inbound operators, but you can go and knock on their door and ask them for it. So that's pretty easy too. And they also offer offshore marketing collaboration with their agents. So they'll be doing a lot of cross promotion. They'll be encouraging their agents and working with their agents to build marketing campaigns to get more people down to New Zealand. 
Now, how do you find out who these inbound tour operators are? Well, the easiest way to do it is to go to the Tourism Export Council website. So tourismexportcouncil.org.nz and They've got everyone listed there. So if you go to members and you go to the inbound members, you will see a big list of operators there. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list of inbound operators, but if you are new to tourism and you're new to working with trade, these are the ones that I recommend you start with. And the reason for that is because they are part of this industry association, which puts some standards around how they operate. They're all part of Qualmark for starters. There's a code of conduct that they follow. And they are the ones that come along to the conferences because the conference is organized by the Tourism Export Council. So these are the bigger players in the market and they will be the ones that you should start with. So yeah, start with the Tourism Export Council and you can't really go wrong. Now, there's many different types of inbound operators and you'll start to see some of this as you do your research. You've got the FIT general sightseeing leisure operators. So they'll just do your self-drive itineraries or your seat and coach itineraries, those kinds of things. Then you've got group operators. So your group operators, you've got your APTs, your Grand Pacific Tours. They are bringing people here in groups to travel around together while they're here. There's luxury and premium operators. There's operators who just specialize in cruise and shore excursions, special interests. There's sports and events. There's educational tours. And of course, there's business events, the corporate and incentive side of things. So have a think about where your product and your experience experiences fit in and then you can start to dial in on which operators suit you best because there's no point if you are in Taupo for instance going to a cruise ship operator and saying hey can we have some cruise business because we are so far from the ocean here that we just don't get any cruise business now that's not to say we don't get anything we do get the odd person that decides to charter a helicopter and, and fly down but it's not big numbers it's not going to be as big as if you're based in Tauranga or Rotorua or Christchurch Akaroa for example so have a think about where your business fits in these markets and then you can start to do your research so as I mentioned research is really important we talked about the tourism export council check that out it's a good plug for them TIA also has a huge amount of resource and then tourism New Zealand so go onto the tourismnewzealand.com insights page and there's a whole lot of information there on market insights and the types of activities that each market enjoys doing so have a look who's looking for your experience and go after them and probably most importantly and hopefully all of you are completely across this but I'm sure we've got some new listeners out there as well ask your RTO your regional tourism organization these guys are honestly your best resource that you've got and they're there right in your region so they're quite often traveling overseas either individually or as part of their international marketing alliances with the regions surrounding you they will have contacts they will tell you how to get started and they are there as a resource for you. So I'm sure they won't mind me saying this, but I'm putting a plug in for the RTOs. Go and have a chat to them. 
Okay, so now we get on to how we're going to work together. And there's a, a distribution system or channel image, and I'm going to put this onto my website so you can see how this fits in. But you've got just those steps that travelers can take to actually get to you as the tourism supplier. Whether they come into a high street travel agency via the overseas tour operator and then to the inbound operator, there's that traditional channel. Or there's other ways where they can come through online travel agencies. They might be booking an event here. They might be coming to do Ironman, for example. They might have booked a package through their airline. They book you through an eyesight, they're already here in New Zealand and they go into an eyesight or information center and make a booking with you. Or there might be some local referrals through accommodation or other operators. So there's many different ways that your consumer can get to you. And obviously tied up with that is there's different commission levels. So the inbound operator, most importantly, and this is something that we're still talking about, and I can't believe we are still talking about this, but the inbound operators will expect a 20 to 30% commission. And usually at the higher end of that, so the 25% plus. The reason for this is because they're paying 15 to 20% out to a tour wholesaler to secure that business as their preferred inbound operator. And then those wholesalers out of their 15 to 20% are often paying 12 to 15% to the high street travel agencies to become the preferred wholesaler to that high street travel agency chain. So you can see that everybody's clipping the ticket along the way and it sounds like a lot of money. But remember, you only pay commission on the bookings that you receive. So let me say that again. You only pay commission on the bookings you're going to receive. Now, imagine if Facebook advertising and Google pay-per-click worked on that basis. It'd be amazing, right? If we only paid a referral, we'd all love that instead of just putting hundreds and thousands of dollars out there and hoping that we're targeting the right people. But of course we don't. We're happy to do that in those channels. Whereas sometimes when it comes to trade and we talk about this level of funding and commission levels, people go, oh, that's too much. You can just put it on top of your pricing. Well, it doesn't work like that, people. We all have internet now. We all have websites and all of our pricing is out there for the world to see. So just think about that when you're pulling your pricing together, that if you want to work with trade, you need to factor that this in and you're not factoring it in to, to receive or to pay 20 to 30% commission on every single booking that you make. You might say my target is 20% of my business is going to be international or going to be through trade, and the rest I'm going to get directly. So that obviously then changes the way that the makeup of your product and the makeup of the revenue that's coming in and the margins that you're making on each of your experiences. So yeah, just think, think about that and how that can work for you. So what are some of the tips in working with trade? Like how best will you work with trade? Well, one of the things is a same day booking confirmation. And this is something that I've noticed. I've been doing a little bit of work in an inbound operator lately, just helping out on a little project. And it's amazing how long 
I've had to wait for booking confirmations. It's actually astounding that sometimes it's taking up to a week to get a reply and sometimes a little reminder that, hey, (laughs) did you get my email? Can you please confirm it? So guys, please put some resource in behind your emails to get these booking confirmations out. Can you guarantee availability immediately or at least within 24 hours max? So if you can't give people a connection into your system to see live availability, please try and get that back to them within 24 hours. If you're a hotel, and I know we've talked about this for years and things have changed a little bit, but hey, can you do allocations? Can you do free sales? You know, if we're booking 12 months out, surely we can have a seat on your boat. I don't know, like think about that and think about how that makes it easy for you. And when are those cutoff points when you know things start to get a bit tight, where you need to say, well, actually a week out, I can't do a free sell or a month out, whatever it is in your business. It doesn't really matter, but think about how you can make it easier for trade to work with you. Because if it's easy, you'll get booked. Trust me. Have the ability to work within tour operators booking and cancellation policies. So think about what your policies are and how stringent they might be or how flexible they might be. And can you tie in? Because all of the tour operators have cancellation policies with their agents that they work with and directly with the consumers that they are selling to. So see if you can work in with that because just... It just makes life easy and that's what we're here to do. And of course, when the customers get to you, have a process for collecting the reference numbers and booking vouchers and the vouchers might be electronic, it doesn't matter, but just make sure that you capture all the important information that you need in order to be able to invoice back to the agent when the customers come through your business. And sometimes that is just a name and a booking number. So make sure you've got that somewhere. Can you give credit to tour operators? Now, again, this is something that became quite topical when COVID hit because not everybody was able to pay because we know what happened. The world shut overnight. But it does make it a lot easier if you can and, you know, do your research. I'm not saying just give it to, give credit to everybody, but do your research, get credit checks, ring some of their customers, check that they pay their bills and all of that sort of stuff. But if you can give them credit to pay a month after the client's travel or the 20th of the month after the client's travel, again, that makes everything a whole lot easier. Can your system integrate with tour operators? APIs, what's easy? Now, sometimes if you're a small operator, the inbounds might not even want to know about that. But if you're a larger operator, you've probably already got it under control. But just have a think about how, again, it's how to make life easier and how to make doing business with you easier. Do you have a process to accept international bookings in advance? Now, when I say in advance, I'm talking 25, 26. Are you still operating on paper? Do you have bookings opened up on your website? But can you put it safely somewhere? So when we get two years down the track, 
you know that it's there. And ensure that your team knows the inbound operators or the agents that you're working with and what rates are allocated to them. Now, sometimes your rates are your rates and you don't really have a difference between them, but it's still important to know who you've got contracts with, who you're paying commission to. Or if you're a hotelier, for example, you might have some group rates that are a little bit different. So just ensuring that those rates are either loaded in your system against that agent or you've got somewhere that somebody can go and have a look at and say, yes, I'm invoicing these people less 20% or less 15% or whatever the agreement is. So how are you all going? This is a lot of information and I'm really conscious that I'm overloading you all, but I just wanted to do this because when I catch up with inbound operators, I'm still getting a lot of feedback that this just isn't always sinking in. We also have had a whole bunch of new people join the industry since we opened our borders up. And a big welcome to you all if you are listening in. It's great to have you here. And hopefully you're picking something up today. I run workshops on this sort of stuff all the time. And it's amazing that when you even get very experienced operators turn up, that they still go, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I should be thinking about that. I'm going to make sure that I do that in future. So pricing requirements, we did talk about commissions there, but look, I I just say you have to pay up to 30% for inbound operators and 20% for wholesalers. And that's up to, so it's within that 20 to 30% range, but know your market, have a look at your competitors, understand your market needs know your costs and make sure you factor in enough for a profit. Now, if you're a smaller operator and you're an owner operator, make sure you're also factoring in your salary. And this is a mistake that a lot of new businesses make. They go, I'm just going to get it up and running. I'm happy. This is a job for me. I'm, you know, but what happens if something happens to you and you need to bring someone in to replace you. You need to pay them. So therefore, you should always be factoring in your salary costs, even if it is at an entry level. That's fine, but have it in there so you know your costs and you're able to factor it enough for a profit. Set your rates in advance and guarantee them. So rates should be ready by May for the summer following. So if you're sitting there in May 2024, we're going to be talking about 25, 26 rates. So that will be very um, important at trends next year. That's why I threw May in there. Recognize seasonality. You can use your pricing to drive demand in your off season to flatten out your peaks. Really good way to say, hey, look, I know I'm really quiet May through September. So lower your prices a little bit. Your costs are probably a little bit lower. Your team's a bit smaller. Have a think about what levers you can pull to try and drive some of that demand through the the off season and keep really good records make sure you've got a a big list of who you've sent rates to so if anything does have to change you can update them and you can also let your team know and there's one point of the truth for anybody in your team to go and have a look at and and go from there okay So now we're going to talk about what not to do with pricing. There's some key takeaways here. Firstly, you have to protect the channel margins. Don't go offering international wholesalers the same commissions that you're offering the inbound operators. 
Because when the international wholesaler sits there making decisions on what they're going to book and the inbound operator has no margin to play with, well, obviously you're going to look a lot cheaper in that respect. Now, that might mean that they come to you and say, we'll give you this piece of business directly. But then it comes down to you have to organize payment from a different country. You don't know that much about that agent and you'll really annoy the inbound operator who isn't just working with that agent they're working with heaps and heaps of other agents and they might just go you know what thanks Michelle but we'd rather not sell your experience so don't undercut the channel margins that way just make sure you really protect them Be mindful of domestic versus international pricing and I know that this is a thing but if you're going to do it just have a really good reason for it and have a think about how you actually can do it. And I'm going to say here as an example, how do you prove that you're domestic or international? What is good enough for you? Is it a rates bill? Is it a telephone bill? Is it a passport? Because I've got an Australian passport. Am I eligible for your domestic pricing? So just have a think about what that looks like and how you're going to manage that. And if you are discounting, ensure the product offer is different. I can't say anything more of that. I can use multiple examples of how ripped off I felt when somebody's discounted an experience just after I've purchased it at full price. But fortunately not in tourism more in hospitality but hey let's not go there just think about when you're discounting something and try and maybe add value instead the other thing that we talk about not doing with pricing is changing rates mid-season now I understand for coach operators sometimes they have to put fuel surcharges in because we know what's happening with the prices of fuel that may apply to some of the other marine operators and transport operators are out there but if you can try and hold your rates please try and hold your rates it's a lot of work for the inbound operators to to reapply and set everything up and if you do have to change your rates at least honour the rates that you've got in your system already because you can't go back to customers and say, hey, you purchased this six months ago and all of a sudden it's a lot more expensive. They'll probably just cancel and you'll lose them all together. And I'm sure it's not worth losing their handful of bookings over probably a few bucks. So look, We're getting to the end of this episode and I hope you're still with me. I really do. We're just going to talk a little bit about maximizing your impact. So what are the things you can do, the partnerships and collaboration, the cooperation piece that can help you maximize your impact, the admin and resources you need and the marketing collateral. Cooperation and collaboration, are you partnering with your RTO on your international marketing activity? Do they know you want to target the international market? Do they know that you're export ready, that you're paying trade commissions? If this is a new thing for you and you've just started dabbling in this space, please let them know because they will be your biggest advocates. Every RTO in the country wants more trade product to promote when they're offshore. Trust me. (laughs) NewZealand.com. Do you regularly update your NewZealand.com listing and you're adding deals or you're adding articles and new imagery to that? Make sure that you've got a note in your diary to do this. 
probably I say four times a year at the start of every new season it's just good to go in and say do I need to update to have some winter imagery now or hey it's summer let's show people jumping off the boat into the lake going for a swim because that's what we do at this time of year what other local businesses have you identified that you can work collaboratively with in your region to target international visitors? Are there combo products that you can run? Are there experiences that can turn a half a day or an hour into a full day or a half a day? And consider joining the Tourism Export Council of New Zealand. So they're not sponsoring this at all. I am an advocate of the Tourism Export Council. As a lot of you will know, I sat on the board for eight years. But I do think it's worthwhile. If you want to work with trade, it's the best trade association that we have to network with the people that you want to talk to. And of course, TIA. But I'm hoping that all of you are already TIA members. Admin and resource required. So this is when we sit and say, well, we need a marketing plan and a budget. It's understanding marketing objectives and priorities, knowing which markets you will target and how and understanding your yield per market. What relationships do you need? You keep updating rates and product information. You keep in touch with trade to gain insights and feedback. Remember, this is two ways. They're going to have some intel on what's happening in the markets that they're working in as well as you providing info and insights into what's happening in your business. And be available for any issues that arise. If something goes wrong in your business, front foot it. If you know you've got an inbound operator booking on a trip that gets delayed or whatever, something happens, please jump on the phone to them as soon as you can because rest assured, if you don't, their customer will and their customer is probably going to be really grumpy by that point if it's something that has gone wrong. And what systems do you have? Where are your rates stored? How do your agents book? Can you provide credit? Is your accounts team aware? So some of that stuff we've already covered off. Marketing collateral. Now, a lot of this is online and it should be online. We have very much gone away from the days of printing multi-page trade manuals and price lists and everything else. But we still need to get that information to the agents. So what are they looking for? There's a product sheet or a product manual. And in that product manual, you'll have everything from the uh, times, what the itinerary is, where you need to be, the your, your location addresses, what people need to bring, what's included, what's not included. All of that kind of stuff should be in there. That's very much focused on trade information. If you're hard to find make sure you include a map or directions on how to find you. So this can be slotted into an itinerary for the guests and they are able to find you. You've got your price list, your rate sheets. Your terms and conditions are really important. A high-res image library, and we talked last week on the show about how important those high-res images are. A video library, if you have one. And bonus these days is a training sales presentation. So, hey, jump online and record something. It's really easy these days to set up a presentation on Canva and hit 
present and record and you talk to it, record it, upload it to Dropbox or YouTube or wherever you want to upload it to and send it out to your agents and they can distribute it for you so people can sit and listen to you talk about your product. Pretty neat, hey? But wonder how many of you guys are doing that. So we talked about rate sheets. What do you include on your rate sheets? So things like your name of your business, your sales contact. So who sends the rates? What's the reservations contact? How do you book it? And personalize it to the tour operator. It really makes them feel special if they know these rates are just for them. And when you look at your pricing, have a look at your rate types, the package options, your net and retail. So include the commission in there and the age ranges that your prices apply for. Other information that you need to have on there is the validity of your pricing, the FOC policy, the currency and whether it's GST inclusive or exclusive and any blackout dates that these rates don't apply because you might be closed, you might have big events in your region that you know you can't offer those rates at that particular time but try and keep them to a minimum if you can. And then other stuff, what to bring, what's included, your cancellation policy and opening hours is always worthwhile as well. And finally, look, we we are getting to the end here, a trade show. We We're going to talk a lot more about this, so I'm going to keep it brief, but we do have an episode coming up in the new year all about the first impressions and making maximum impact at trends. And we're talking to a few of the buyers that have been to trends quite a number of times on what they're looking for and how they go about finding it at Trends and some of the things that operators have done to make it really memorable for them. But you know, it's things like having your rates set in advance, knowing your product intimately, knowing your limits on what you can and can't negotiate. It's training your team, knowing who you're talking to. It's having a plan also, you go into trends and you know that, hey, I'm going to meet with this operator. This is what they deal in. This is how I fit into that. This is the business that I'd like to secure. This is what I'm going to offer them. This is how far I can go with my pricing. Let's start negotiating. You listen to them. You can offer a mill, and most importantly, follow up once you've left. So look, that pretty much sums up my how to work with trade overview and thank you for staying with me thank you for listening in I haven't touched on Qualmark obviously Qualmark's a really important tool to have if you are wanting to work in the international trade because a you get a priority listing on newzealand.com you are eligible to be included in Tourism New Zealand trade for mills and also media for mills that Tourism New Zealand run so Look, Qualmark is there. It's important. You should be part of it. Go get it. And everybody, look, I hope that this has just answered some questions that you have about working with trade. Don't forget to check the episode notes for my Are You Export Ready checklist that you are more than welcome to go in and download for free off my website. 
tick the boxes and let me know how you're going. I'd love feedback. If you've got anything extra to add to this as well, if there's any buyers that have been listening in, inbound operators just checking up on me, making sure that I'm saying the right things on your behalf, hey, look, drop me a note and and let me know. And hopefully this has given you a really good insight into how to maximize the business that you're able to do with trade. Because as I said, it's absolutely worthwhile working with them absolutely worthwhile being part of the international travel distribution but it is a lot of work and you need to start somewhere so as I said start with the inbound operators come along to the the tech conference you're allowed to come to a tech conference as a non-member once or a Christmas symposium if there's space for you before you join up and see if you like it I'm sure you will and um, we'll see you there Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Michelle. This is the Tourism Chat Show. We will be back next week with a guest. So you don't just have to listen to my voice. And have a great week, everyone. Kakite. day.